Come on down. How to win at Wheel of Fortune. Really stupid people. No, no, I mean really stupid people. And the rarest animal on the planet. We've got it for you tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm not supposed to be here. I am supposed to be at a special screening of the movie Zhuang, uh, which is a great film. Uh, I'm sad that I missed it, but I was feeling so horrible. In fact, still tonight, that damn flu has got me. Stuffy nose, itchy eyes, heaty, you name it, coughing up a lung. And it's been, Thursday will be uh, two weeks. People keep trying to encourage me saying it's not even been two weeks. It'll get better. But damn it, this is, you know, because I don't like being down. I don't like having to sit around and rest all the time. I want to go. I want to do. And I can't. So anyway, I'm sorry I missed the uh, special screening tonight. I will get uh, to see the film, I hope. And uh, very cool. So we we will have that for you. Uh, and I'll... Uh, I'll do some sort of a review or something about it. Yeah. Uh, let's do that. All right. Right now, let's do this. Miko update. Can we play the intro first? How about that? <laughs> Miko update. <laughs> My producer is a little a little behind tonight. Anyway, yeah, Miko update. <laughs> uh, we had a great time, even though we got rained out. On um, Sunday, we went up to City Park by Wanutama, which is normally a great park, and it is a great park. Uh, they have an off-leash area where Miko gets the chance to play with all the other dogs without the leash uh, holding her back, so she gets to run around in the fenced-in spots. Sadly, I looked at the radar. <clears throat> I have a really, I have an app called Windy, and I can highly recommend it. It's very good. Wherever you live on the planet, there is a radar, and it'll show you cloud coverage. If you know what you're looking at, you can really kind of get an idea when storms are coming through or how long you have. I use it a lot before we go for a walk. But anyway, it didn't show uh, rain. It showed rain off far enough away. By the time we got there, a little storm had popped up and we got rained out. So this is us sitting in the shelter underneath cover. And uh, yeah, good old wrinkled Jay there and good old gorgeous Miko. And uh, there you go. That's me taking a selfie of Miko and me. So uh, we did have a, a really good time and uh, enjoyed uh, enjoyed. It's always nice at uh, City Park uh, there, no matter what. So, Our Miko update, of course, is brought to you by BarkBox. What's BarkBox? BarkBox is exactly what you need for your doggy. No matter whether they're small, medium, or large, they have treats and toys designed specifically for them. And it's a monthly subscription. If you are in the U.S., U.S. territories, or Canada, you can... Check out BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O. That's our special link. And you will get a free extra month with a multi-month subscription. 
You can see that offer right there on the screen. And every month it's themed. I saw, they had this cute special for October coming up. It's like a, a fall theme. Uh, trust me, it's adorable. Check it out over at BarkBox.com slash Miko. And you will not only get a, a few toys, you'll also get a couple of bags of treats, all natural, good, healthy treats, and a dog chew every month. And they're all sized according to your dog. Now, if your dog has any allergies, there is a tick box. You can, you know, it says fish, chicken, beef, whatever, lamb. You just tick whichever one and they'll make sure you don't get that. So check it out. Not terribly expensive. You can just sign up for a one time and they'll send you one bark box or a six month subscription or a 12 month subscription. And of course, the longer you sign up for, the less every month it costs. And you will get our special offer only if you use our special link, it is in our description down below, our show notes. It's BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, and that's all you need to do. Thank you, BarkBox, for sponsoring the Miko update. She's, uh, she's doing well. They were vacuuming downstairs earlier, so she was helping to vacuum. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Uh, all right, what else What else we got happening here? Oh, I know. Yes, our headline tonight. Get You want to win at game shows? I've got the tricks for you. Now, look, not a lot of... We don't have many game shows here in Malaysia. We used to. We would buy the rights to American game shows, and we would produce them ourselves here. Uh, you know the one with the suitcase where you had to guess the suitcase or pick the number, and you got to keep whatever money was in... I forget what it was called. We did that one here. It was quite popular for a long time. I think Wheel of Fortune might actually still be on the air on one channel or another, probably TV Tiga. Um... Anyway, no matter where you are in the world, there's a chance there's a television station producing a game show where you are. Well, come on down and spin the wheel. Game show industry secrets. We found them. You are the next contestant on the daily double version of Who Wants to Be a Big Brother? <laughs> See what we did there? Yep. Game shows, an equal part ridiculous, campy fun, full of glamorous prizes. And no matter the channel, there is always a buzzer and a white-toothed host waiting to hold your attention for about 30 minutes, minus commercials. All the glitz and glam, these are just programs like everything else. The level of work that goes into them means weird things happen behind the cameras. I have produced game shows before and talk shows before and directed them. And trust me, it's probably much more interesting what happens behind the cameras or in the outtakes than actually what makes it to air. Tired models, tiny prizes, even odd filming times are enough to make game shows chock full of weird and odd, bizarre situations. Uh, and they've dug up some facts about game shows and shows like that that you may or may not know. Some of them are quite interesting. Most, you know, House Hunters, cool show. Most of the contestants buy the house first and only then do they actually go on the show. A deal breaker. Game of deal or no deal. That's, that's the, the one. Deal or no deal. It can be pretty strenuous. There's a lot of money potentially on the line. Nobody knows if you've got $1 waiting for you or a cool million. All that excitement is enough to make you pass out. All right, well, maybe not all of you, but some of you. Some of the models holding the cases, though, 
Yep, they're kind of known for taking a tumble. Deal or no deal models were known for fainting. Because, as you know, during the show, they've got to stand there with those suitcases throughout the whole show. I assume, unless it gets picked, I forget how that show works. But, yeah, they had to stand. Some of them passed out during the shoots, lasting so long, can't stand uh, all that attention. After a few hours, some have been known to need more than just a quick foot rub. Uh, They have to have some really good insurance. Uh, That or maybe have stock in some sort of shoe insert company. Uh, Natural-born athletes are pretty impressive. These superhumans seem to have abilities you and I can't even imagine. Well, what do you do to test those strengths? The Olympics would be an option, of course, but those aren't every year. So why not an audition for American Ninja Warrior? Yeah. Oh, they're full? Hmm, must be a ton of athletes competing. Wait. Never mind. American Ninja Warrior hires stunt artists to make the show more entertaining. Whoa, you have to be kidding me. Really? And you're cheering these guys on thinking they're just, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts from down the street. And they're stunt people. They've been hired for the show. Uh, It isn't some big break for undiscovered talent. The show's apparently just a playground for people who know what they're doing. Uh, It's a blast to see somebody attain the goals and hit the buzzer. It takes a bit of excitement out of it, though, when it turns out these are really just professional athletes exercising. (laughs) How long do we wait? Who doesn't dream of winning it big on a game show? The thrill of changing our lives in 30 minutes. Really exciting. Most people don't even think about how they're going to get their prizes home. Even fewer think about what if you never get them. Things like boats and trips sure make sense. They take a while. A few days, maybe even a couple of weeks is fine. You don't collect any of the prizes you win on The Price is Right until the episode airs. Now, I can kind of see the sense behind this because if the episode hasn't been on the air, technically you haven't won it yet. And if suddenly a brand new car and a boat shows up in your front driveway before the episode airs, it's going to be a dead ringer that obviously you've won. A lot of shows actually take their sweet time delivering the prizes. After you fill out the paperwork, jump through all the hoops, you still have to play more games. It's called the waiting game. It can take months to even get the smallest things that you've won on national television. I'm going to do one more. There's more in this article. Check it out. It's in our show notes tonight. Talent shows been all the rage here in Malaysia about the only locally produced TV we have anymore, rather than other than bad dramas, really bad dramas, are these ridiculous, stupid, waste of time talent shows. You know, once a format for something hits, then the producers here or the people who supply the money to produce the shows think, oh, that's it. Can't do anything else. Don't want to take any chances. Let's do 50 more talent shows. Anyway, the first grade talent competition at Pearl Ridge Elementary was pretty pretty fierce back in the 90s. Time went on, people learned they could cash in big on these events. 
uh, and eventually shows like American Idol, X Factor, America's Got Talent. Uh, they were all born. We think that's how it all happened. We're not sure. We're still thinking about losing to someone singing a Disney song back in first grade. Uh, the performances on the X Factor are filmed separately, and the judges aren't even there. I did not know this. That can't... No, because you see them interact and ask questions. It's got to be that, you know, for some of them, they're there. I mean, I assume that if the producers think, okay, this guy's got a chance, he's good, bring in the judges. But either way, talent shows are fun. There's money at stake. Now, for one thing, it'd be nice the celebrities were actually there if they actually showed up. But, oh yeah, this this actually explains that. Uh, not all the acts get to see them, no matter what you think from what you see on TV. Uh, a lot of the acts just go up on stage, perform, the audience is there, but the judges ain't there. And like I said, I assume if the producers think, okay, this guy's got a shot, bring in the judges and then Simon and the gang all come on set and off they go. Anyway, there's more in this article. It's very cool, very fascinating, and gives you a real behind-the-scenes look at, uh, at game shows and the like and, uh, and how they work, whether you think you know about all that or not. All right. Uh, okay, I promised you stupid people. Oh, man. This guy, uh, this guy not just takes the cake. He takes the whole bakery. I could not believe when I saw this headline. Just read the article. It's in our show notes. It's from World of Buzz. We love you guys over at World of Buzz. They do some great stuff. We share a lot of their stuff here on the show. So hat tip to World of Buzz. Check it out. Give them a click. Malaysian mom of a child with cerebral palsy was told by a man to distance her child for fear of the kid infecting others. There are no words. It's 2022. And believe it or not, people still think things like cerebral palsy are contagious. There's a picture here of the mom and her son. Beautiful guy. Faces blurred out, of course. Many people out there who have conditions they were born with, most of the time it's something that is not contagious. Down syndrome, cerebral palsy. However, there are still a lot of idiots out there, uneducated, cave-dwelling, moron, and I'd say worse things, but I'll get banned, who actually believe these kind of conditions can spread. They're probably the people who wear a mask still while they're alone driving in their cars. A Malaysian mother recently shared a story, this is disgusting, of how she was asked to distance her child from others because her child has CP. Norzalina Hamza, teacher from Johor, posted about her experience on Facebook when she brought her child, Alicia, who has cerebral palsy, to a government hospital. I'm sorry, it's she. Uh, the face is blurred out, so it's difficult to tell. Usually, uh, she'll bring Alicia to the CP clinic in the afternoon, but Ever since the doctor moved somewhere else, the clinic was no more. So the mother and daughter duo had to go back to the hospital for routine checkups. 
Turns out the pediatric clinic is also the same place for pregnant women to do their checkups. So, after registering Alicia, the teacher sat to rest for a while as she had a hectic morning. And while she was taking a breather, some Neanderthal in his 30s came to talk to her. Hey, can you distance your kid from this place? Norzalina looked at him and thought that maybe Alicia had soiled herself or something. But after checking, all was clean. She was puzzled. So she asked the man and his wife, why? These are all pregnant women, he says. You bring your child like this here? Do you know that she will infect our children? The teacher was taken aback. She didn't stand back in this battle. Instead, she answered, Don't worry. You will never have a child like this because you're not as wonderful as me. Only wonderful people get children like this. You, weak. Yes. She then ignored them, played with her phone till they left, and she ended her Facebook post by saying that it is already 2022, and believe it or not, there are still morons out there who think that CP is contagious. She writes, quoting here, I was thinking for quite a while, what is so wrong about my child that we can't even go to the hospital? Does this person think that going to the hospital is fun? I don't know who you are. Thank goodness they didn't mention your name because you deserve less than no recognition. You are an idiot. You are an uneducated cave-dwelling moron. Crawl back in your hole, take your wife with you, and get out of civilized society. And Norzalina, Alicia, just keep doing what you guys do. God love you. Wow. What an incredible story. What an incredible story on the one hand for her standing up and doing what was right. And on the other hand, incredibly stupid story that there are still people in this world who think like that guy. Unbelievable. All right. I got to lighten the mood because I don't want to stay that heavy that whole time. That was heavy. Coffee break time. Sorry. Hey, if you're listening in on the podcast, you want to check out all the stuff that we talk about here, feel free to go to our, uh, our video. The link is in the show notes. It's, you can check us out on rumble.com, YouTube, uh, twitch.tv and Facebook. You'll find us the Jay Sheldon show on all those channels. All right. My sister Penny, I talked about her before. We talked about her amazing cabin in the woods. And I found her listing. This is not an advertisement. But I gotta send this out there. If you are anywhere in the U.S. and you are looking for a holiday. And you are looking for a place. And you love the woods. You can't do much better than my sister Penny's. Evergreen Romantic Mountain Cabin. This is the listing for her place. She didn't ask me to do this. I haven't spoken to my sister in ages. 
But I know she's doing well. We're connected on Facebook. I see all of her posts. She is quite the incredible woman. And take a look at this cabin. By the way, she now has full Starlink internet. So if you want to not quite escape totally into the woods, uh, you can still be connected. It's apparently an upper bear. Again, I know nothing about this place. Uh, rates, I don't know how this works out for average rates or whatever, but this is from uh, vrboverbo.com. Uh, the link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. Take a look at this. This is absolutely gorgeous. I'm going to just look at that. Look at this. Again, podcast listeners, sorry, but you must check out this link in our show notes. And Booker, Booker Place, it's amazing. Look at the detail. Look at the, uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Incredible bedroom, such a rustic feel. It's just the kind of place you look at and you, it just relaxes you looking at the pictures. This is absolutely amazing. Incredible. Check out the link. Check out all the photos. There's even a, uh, look at that, a bed that's uh, kind of outdoors. Nice. Sweet. Look at that with the sky. Open to the sky with the bed. This is incredible. Penny, you have outdone yourself. Absolutely remarkable. Wow. That is insane. Again, it's uh, the links in our show notes. If you're looking for a place to, uh, to get yourself uh, and your family away or you and your significant other, you could do a lot worse. This is an amazing spot. Romantic getaway, newly renovated, authentic mountain cabin, 1,400 square foot, two bedroom, one bath, nestled in a grove of ponderosa pines on a quiet road. Come to the mountains, get away from it all, and yet six miles only from a historic downtown Evergreen, Colorado. Wow. All right, there you go, Penny. You got a free plug on the show. But <laughs> again, she didn't ask me to do that. I'm not getting paid for that. I just saw that and I thought, man, uh, you've just done such a remarkable job with this place. I wanted to give my listeners and viewers a chance to, uh, to check it out, find out more about it. And yes, she is my sister. So there. <laughs> All right, what else we got going on here tonight? Oh, yeah. Speaking of America, this is the strangest story. It's from thevintagenews.com. Hang on before we pop over there. Okay, the oldest DNA in America. Check this out. It's been traced back to a man from Montana. Serious. That's him. A Montana man's DNA has been traced back 55 generations. Do you know how long ago that was? 99% accuracy, according to the Ancestry Company. CRI Genetics that tested him. This means the man's ancestors were in North America 17,000 years ago. Wow. He is Native American. The man's name is Daryl Dusty Crawford. And uh, he said he was taught in school that his ancestors, the Blackfeet Native Americans, used the Bering Land Bridge during the Ice Age to reach the Americas. However, his DNA testing contained another surprise. It seems that Crawford's ancestors were from the Pacific Islands. Whoa, 
From there, they presumably traveled along the coast of South America and into what is now North America, according to the data. The legend of the length, rather, of Crawford's lineage is so rare, the company told Crawford's family that this kind of success was like finding Bigfoot. The DNA test focused on mitochondrial DNA and Crawford's line of female ancestors. The company that's been able to trace anyone's ancestry in the Americas as far back as Crawford, uh, they've never been able to, rather, as far back as Crawford, uh, is part of the mtDNA halo haplo group B2, low frequency in Alaska and Canada, originated in Arizona about 17,000 years ago. And there is a, a picture of the area. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. Read the rest of this article because it's very cool and well worth your time. And uh, it talks about, about him and his heritage and how they uh, tracked it all down and figured it all out. But that is absolutely fascinating. Wow. 17,000 years ago, and they are tracing his ancestry. Unbelievable. Speaking of American Indians, I saw this picture and I had to share it. It's in our show notes. It's just a picture. But this is called, well, a number of different things. It's called flint corn. It's called glass gem corn. When I was growing up, we used to call this Indian corn. You know, normal corn on the cob is yellow, the stuff we know and we eat. But it didn't always used to be that way, apparently. If you look this stuff up, the original corn that the Native Americans were using was this. And that's where the name Indian corn came from. I'm quite sure these days you can't say that because you'll offend somebody or some woke moron will have a hissy fit and a corruption and you know, go all crazy. But when I was growing up, that's what we called it. And in fact, I found several articles that also refer to it as Indian corn, because when uh, in the original uh, Native Americans were growing corn, that's what they were growing. Look at how beautiful that is. Somebody's taken and separated it all out into a rainbow arrangement here, but that is absolutely fascinating. It's the kind of stuff that I just wanted to share out on the show and let you see. Very quick little one, but uh, very cool. All right, you ready for the rarest animal in the world? I kid you not. The rarest animal in the world lives in the ocean. And it's so cute. It is called the vaquita. There are only 10 that exist on the planet. According to the latest reports, this is from July of this year, only 10 vaquitas exist anywhere in the wild, putting the world on the verge of losing another critical species. You want to see what this little guy looks like? Take a look. There he is. Yeah, it's a form of a dolphin, and it is absolutely gorgeous. It looks like a stuffed animal. It's a little porpoise, lives in the northern area of the Gulf of California. 
It's been endangered for a very long time. Population that has decreased from 600 back in 1997 to 30 in 2017. And now the news has come out that their future is in jeopardy, that there are only 10 left surviving. The vaquita, also known as Pokina sinus, is a little porpoise that grows about five feet long, weighs about 120 pounds when fully grown. They reside in shallow, warm water, rather solitary in behavior. They're only the only porpoise species that can survive in warm water. So this is highly unique. Another, all other species of, of porpoises require water colder than 68 degrees. They are also fondly known as sea pandas, and you can see why. Look at that face. That black ring around their eyes does make them look very panda-like. But my goodness, there are only 10 of these little guys left in the wild. We can't lose this. We cannot lose this guy. I don't know what we can do about it, but those numbers are not encouraging. Wow. All right. Scary stuff. Let's hope it survives. Incredible. The sea panda. <laughs> That's great. All righty. Hey, we finished. Um, we finished the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We did indeed. Well, guess what? It's time to move on to a new book. This one's not going to take very long. And uh, it holds a very special place in my heart because it's my book. I wrote a children's book about 10 or 12 years ago, maybe more. I forget when I first wrote it. Um, had some mild success selling a few copies here and there. Gave away more, I think, autographed copies than I managed to sell. You can find it if you'd like your own copy. I don't know how you'd get it to me, but unless you're in Malaysia, but I'd be happy to autograph it. If you want to send it and I can sign it and send it back to you, whatever. Happy to do that for you if you buy a copy. The link from for both, it's on Amazon, and there is a link to our Facebook page uh, for the book, which is called Willie and the Warthog. It takes place in Malaysia. However, uh, it's kind of an international story. And whenever we mention something specific to Malaysia, uh, I explain uh, what it means if I use Malaysian words to uh, describe something. So yeah, uh, it's my book and I love this story if I do say so myself. If you would like a copy, you can order one from Amazon. It's available in an ebook and a hard copy co uh, uh, edition and the link is in our show notes. So without further ado, we're not going to go through the whole book in one sitting, but we will, uh, we will get through, it'll probably take us maybe three streams. This is Willie and the Warthog, Chapter 1. In a very small village called a Kampong in Malaysia, lived a little boy much too small for his age. Willie was eight years old, Chinese, and everyone told him he looked like he forgot to grow. But what Willie lacked in size, he more than made up for in imagination. Willie's bapa father in Malay, was Bapakai. He ran the only store in the Kampong. There were only 12 families that lived there, so everyone knew everyone. 
and their usual gathering place for gossip and news was Bapakai's store. Willie's Ibu, or mother, had passed away four years ago, and ever since, Bapakai did his best to be both Bapa and Ibu. But the real boss, or so she'd like to think, was Willie's older sister, Gwen. She thought it was her responsibility to run the house, and especially annoying. She was always telling Willie what to do, making him do extra chores, always letting Willie know who was the older and wiser. On this particular sunny, humid day, Willie was just getting home from school. He was happy his classes were in the morning, even though he really didn't like getting up early. He loved having the afternoons to wander to the edge of the jungle and explore. Willie! The scream came from inside the house, and Willie knew instantly what the trouble was. Gwen's face appeared at the window. I told you yesterday to clear out those palm leaves from under the house, and you still haven't done it. When, Willie? If Papa gets home and this place is a mess, it's your fault. I can't do everything. Gwen had a way of making things always sound worse than they really were. I'll get it done this afternoon, right after my jungle adventure, Willie replied. Gwen snapped quickly. Willie, both Papa and I have told you time and time again to stay out of the jungle. In fact, don't even go near the edge. There are snakes bigger than you and poisonous spiders. You could get lost. And worst of all, warthogs. They'll bite your face off and eat you alive. Willie laughed out loud at this idea, but really he knew just how dangerous the jungle could be. But it couldn't be so bad if he played at the edge of the jungle, could it? Just reach in to get a palm frond or a banana leaf or a flower. Besides, banana and palm leaves make such great capes for a superhero. Oh, I know. I'll be careful, Gwen. And with that, he grabbed his favorite toy robot and was off for today's adventure. Now, robot, as Willie called him, was nothing special. Didn't have batteries, didn't light up, shoot lasers. It was just a simple plastic toy. But being all Bapakai could afford, when Willie got it for his last birthday, he thought it was the best present ever. As Willie walked through the rice paddy fields towards his favorite play spot, he thought about what Gwen and Bapa had always warned him. Don't go in the jungle. Don't even get close to the edge. Giant warthogs that'll eat your face off. That part always made Willie laugh, and it did now, too. Having daydreamed about all the warnings and trouble he could get into, Willie looked and realized he was there, his favorite spot, near the edge of the jungle. Chapter 2 As Willie looked into the maze of vines and leaves and dark shadow spots he could see in the jungle, he wondered just what was in there. One day, I'll find out myself, he said bravely. 
Willie needed a cape if he were going to help robots save the world. Banana leaves make great capes, and the only place for those is the edge of the jungle. Willie slowly walked towards the edge, always thinking about Papa and Gwen's warnings. He saw the perfect leaf. He looked about just to be sure there were none of those snakes bigger than him and reached up to tear off the leaf. Well, the leaf came down with a thump. Willie thought he saw something step back in the shadows just beyond the banana tree, but looked again and couldn't see anything. Ah, just my overactive imagination, as Bapa says, he told himself. Besides, I have my cape, and we're ready for adventure. Come on, robot. As Willie put on his banana leaf cape and began to run around shooting the aliens with robot, he didn't notice the small pair of eyes peering out from that dark spot on the jungle's edge. The eyes were almost red in color. There was something kind of squinty and evil about them. If Willie hadn't been yelling and making laser shot sounds so loudly, he would have heard the small snarl as the eyes disappeared back into the shadows. Willie's adventure saving the world was going full force. Willie pretended that one of the alien lasers had hit him and threw himself in the air and onto the ground. And just as he did, he lost his grip on Robot, and it flew through the air straight towards the jungle. Willie peeked out from under the banana leaf and watched in horror as Robot flew into the dark shadows at the edge of the jungle. He got up quickly and raced for the jungle's edge. He leaned in as far as he dared, but he couldn't see Robot. He knew what he had to do. But before he stepped into that dark, shadowed spot, just a meter beyond the edge he shouldn't cross, he looked and looked and did all he could to be sure there weren't any spiders that bite and make you sleep forever. And today was not the day he wanted his face bitten off. Willie kept staring at the spot for the longest time but couldn't see anything that looked dangerous. He threw a couple of sticks into the spot, just to be sure. Nothing. There was no choice. He was going to have to go in there and rescue Robot. Willie took a deep breath, steadied himself, and took one last long look, squinting his eyes to really see, and stepped one step into the jungle. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. <laughs> He's going in the jungle, folks. That's the beginning of the book Willie and the Warthog. I hope you enjoyed that. Very cool. All right, we will continue uh, with the adventure and find out what happens to Willie as he heads into the jungle. Coming up on Wednesday night's show. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you so much. Please like and subscribe and follow. And of course, you can 
Check out our podcast. It's the audio part of our show. Thanks to all those of you who do that. We really appreciate it. You'll find us on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, uh, Stitcher, Google, Radio Public, Geo7 in India. Got a big audience over there. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Just uh, look for The Jay Sheldon Show and uh, click follow or subscribe and off you go. You're good to go. I will see you again on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. (laughs) 